0: Hello and welcome to Carmichael Clan Radio, the official podcast of the Carmichael Clan USA. I'm your host, Scott Carmichael. On today's show, I talk with Scottish artist and author Katie Carmichael about her latest project, a book titled My Great Grandfather, the Alien. The book is a graphic novel tracing her great-grandfather Thomas Carmichael's life from Scotland to New York as an employee of the United Fruit Company. Family legend told the story of Thomas being murdered in New York, but Katie's research revealed that there might be more to the story. Like always, before we get started, I want to take a minute to remind everyone that you can now join and renew your membership to Carmichael Clan USA from the Clan Carmichael USA website. Learn more about the Carmichael Clan's history, connect with other Carmichael's, as well as learn what's going on in Clan Carmichael USA and how you can become more involved. Visit today at www.clancarmichaelusa.com. Now, let's get started with the show. Alright, so Katie Carmichael, welcome to the show. I just want to start out, uh, I guess, talking a little bit about your new book that came out. It's called My Great-Grandfather, the Alien. Tell me a little bit about the book. And I know because I want to jump right to it. And then I want to cover some other things also about your work, too. But I just wanted to get to the book since this is I guess this is the newest project that you have, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose like lockdown over the last year just presented this opportunity to put together a project that I'd kind of wanted to do for a while. Um, I did some family history research along with my partner to find out about my mysterious great grandfather who we just didn't really know much about. And my dad had always wanted to know what had happened to this myth of a man um, who he'd always been told was murdered in new york and that was all he knew Um so when we got to the bottom of some of this there was just so much interesting stuff it was such a great story i just thought you know this is something that lends itself really well to a graphic novel
0: yeah you know so reading through it was it was he more normal than you thought um, because i know at the end it was sort of uh, inconclusive about what happened it, it could be as as normal is tripping on the sidewalk it could have been much more as you pointed out you know when you finished with your research you know how did you feel were you surprised at what you found out is this something you're still investigating i know you said your partner helped do the research are you still looking for more answers or
1: oh yeah well i suppose yeah your first question does he seem more normal to me no he seems less normal to me i think i just assumed uh, he was this guy who was walking off a ship, he, he had money in his hand and and you know, I, I was told I think as a kid that he probably had his throat slit, which sounded really violent, and that he was just robbed and mugged for that money, um and that it was just pure chance and, and, and a terrible accident really. Um I, I think through doing the research we've peeled back so many layers about this man and we're still trying to get to the bottom of what his motivations were for even being in New York really. Uh, why did he leave Scotland? Um and why? Why were we told he was murdered? Do uh, you know? It just so many of the the facts that you think would be right just turned out to be completely wrong. So every layer we peeled back, he seemed more and more intriguing to me. So I got to a point where I started to think, yeah, yeah, maybe he was a spy. <laughs> There's something a bit strange about this.
0: Yeah, and I guess you know that's that's the thing with uh, with old military records is they use lots of acronyms and and sometimes they, I guess sometimes they open more, you know, or they reveal more mysteries that you hadn't come across. Like, you know, I know one of the examples from the book was, you know, the question about what an SRO, what the, what the SRO acronym meant was that a special reserve officer or a sensitive reconnaissance operation. So you get this, you know, you, you find these records that maybe you hadn't seen before hoping to answer questions. And then, you know, it sort of opens, you know, the box or opens the the door to new mysteries. And I guess, so I can see how you, I can see what you mean where he became more mysterious through finding these things. And I'm sure that makes you want to continue the research. Like I said, we all, we all have members of our family that that are kind of mysterious to us and it's fun to piece together the details. But, uh, I will admit that all of us are not many of us, I should say, are as good at doing this as you. And you're much better at putting it in a, a way that's enjoyable to read. Um, I've discussed your book with some others and, you know, it's, it's more of a, I described it, I guess, as a, as a scrapbook. And I guess you did too. It's a, it's a scrapbook account of an ancestral journey. And, uh, and it really is like that, your collection of the illustrations and records, how they all come together on the page. Uh, it makes for a real, a fun read, but also, you know, that like I said, it's an interesting read too. learning about, about Thomas and the, and the kind of the, you know, the other parts of that, that opened up as you, as you move along. So I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think about how to ask some questions without revealing too much about the book too. But um, I thought it was really interesting that Peter joined Thomas in New York too. Does Peter have any relatives? I mean, like what did, so when I was talking with my wife about the book, we were on our, one of our daily walks and I was talking with her and I thought, you know, I wonder if, if Katie had, uh, had tracked down, you know, the relatives, uh, and the descendants of, of Peter. Did you ever talk to anyone that might know more? Because I was, I was kind of into the mystery. I, I wanted to know what happened <laughs> to Thomas. Like, how did this happen? Um, and so I thought maybe maybe you should check with Peter's family. Like, is that is that an option?
1: <laughs> oh well, as far as we know, Peter didn't have any children, and so that feels like a bit of a dead end. Uh, we do know that he died an old man um, in about 1978 in Queens, um, and and that was a kind of a a bittersweet moment actually to be able to share that with my dad to for him to know that actually he had this uncle who who was around all that time and he didn't even know about him but sadly kind of peters the end of that line so well maybe he did have children but we don't know about it so but you're right i mean so much of this research has just been driven by my own curiosity i'm not in any way a a trained or skilled genealogist just like finding stuff out (laughs) and and i look really hard until i find it
0: (laughs) yeah no and you did a great job too i mean i've spent some time on on ancestry.com trying to do the same and and you learn real quick uh that there is some skill involved in genealogy and, and doing the research. And, you know, having kind of dipped my toe in that before, I, I could see real quick that you did a great job on this. And that's too bad about Peter. Um, And I can I can see how that would be real disappointing for your dad to know that, you know, there was a family that was alive until 1978 because when I was reading the book, it seems like everything is so old. It's like, oh, these you know, these people were born in the eighteen hundreds, and but then to think that that Peter lived in nineteen seventy eight, I'm like, well, that's fairly recent, you know. And, and so that, that would be disappointing to know that, that he was alive that long, and uh, and the opportunity was missed to to connect with him and also to you know maybe find out more about about Thomas too.
1: Sure. Yeah, I think that's going to be a lesson for all of us, isn't it? To know if there's family there and you can reach out to them and, and have a connection with them. It's just a sad reminder to do
0: that. Yeah, I think that's, you know, with with the pandemic having locked us in our houses for so long in, in lots of places that I guess, you know, with even with the Carmichael clan, you know, choosing to get involved with it this year uh, for myself, it's kind of something similar to that where you have this time you're in your home, and uh, you can kind of start, you know, reaching out to some distant family members and and start piecing your story together a little bit more complete. So the the proceeds of the book also are going to buy a headstone for Thomas. Is that right?
1: Yeah, and actually, uh, with help from a lovely organization called the Friends of Maple Grove in New York, we've actually completed that process and have marked Thomas's grave. Um, okay. Yeah, we, uh, we paid for that out of our own pockets in the meantime just because the book sales are are kind of going to take so much longer, I suppose, to, to cover that, to pay for that. So um, there was an opportunity, we took it, and, and I'm delighted. Um, it, it it feels like a nice thing to have been able to do that. Um, although it might have been romantic yeah. to leave it unmarked in some ways, it, it was important to actually make sure other people could find it too.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it does it adds to the mystery to have the unmarked you know grave but i think it surely would uh give some closure i guess to the to the mystery of thomas and to the you know how his life came to such an unfortunate end at, at a young age you know to have to have the headstone and that's good that that you were already uh, able to to get that project complete and it's in in uh new york right which of the two because um, I know in the book it said that there were two listings for burials for burial sites. Which of the two was it that that the tomb that the marker can be found now?
1: Yeah, Thomas is buried in Maple Grove Cemetery in Kew Gardens in Queens, New York. So do you know any local Carmichaels who you can go and visit? Um, I would love for them to go and and say hello on my behalf because I can't be there.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure, and that's and and hopefully they will. I know uh, we're with the podcast. We're we're trying to get the the listenership wider and uh and the membership of Carmichael clan growing this year and I think we have some in New York so hopefully they'll do that
1: Thank you. And, <laughs> and
0: maybe they'll take take some pictures also I'd like to see I like to see a picture of, of how it looks well, let me ask you real quick about your other work too um, sure. when I when I uh when I heard about you it was it was about the book and so but looking through your website though I found a lot more. I mean, obviously there's more to you than this book. Um, but I was I was really impressed. So I'm not a golf fan, but I do know what the Ryder Cup is. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> a golf so fan either, I you, should admit that. <laughs> okay, well, I'm uh am I'm, I'm a cyclist. Uh I and that's a lot different than golf. Um but like I said, I do know I do know what the Ryder Cup is. And so you uh I guess you had the honor of creating the 2014, uh, Ryder cup poster. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. It it was a national competition here in Scotland. So, um, I was delighted that my entry was chosen to be the official poster.
0: Is that how that works? It's a, it's a a contest to see. So you, you created your version of the Ryder cup poster, not knowing that you would be chosen, I guess, to, for it to be the official poster.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a, a great thrill, huge honor.
0: Yeah, it is. That is. That's really cool. Do you... Um, I saw a picture of you standing among... <laughs> look like thousands of these posters. <laughs> Are those still printed and available? Because I honestly wouldn't mind having one of those hanging up here in my home. Are uh, those still that, something that can be purchased? Oh, 2014 is a bit dated at this point, I guess. But
1: Yeah, I think it's out of print. But no, I'm sure you pick one up on eBay. Um, I may have some lying around. I'll have a look.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you find one... Uh, under the, under the bed or sofa somewhere. Let me know. Sure. And I'll look cause it, it was a really cool design. I thought it was really great. Um, Thank you. and, uh, and so I looked and, and found that that, uh, Ryder cup was hosted at, at uh, Glen Eagles hotel in Scotland. So That's right. tell me about the, I guess it's the, is it the calendar youth project trust? i don't know if i'm saying that right is it calendar
1: that's right yeah Um calendar is a small town here in central scotland and calendar youth project trust is a social enterprise um so they um they, they have a like a hostel for holidays they also have these kind of glamping pods um i don't know if you have to have the, the term kind of term glamping there and um, these kind of we lovely luxury yeah, pods yeah so although it's it's a it's a, a holiday business. Those um, profits that they make from that, and from the, the wedding venue that they have, that's all reinvested into the community to deliver youth work and opportunities for young people to train. So it's, it's a brilliant organisation making a big difference to a, a quite a remote and rural town in central Scotland.
0: Okay, yeah, that is that is neat. I, So I, I looked around on their site, and uh, and yeah, you're right. Glamping is is the term here. So I think that is an international term now um well that's pretty neat so you did the the branding uh was that was that a contest also to see or is that something you did also Or you commissioned to do that or was that a contest
1: oh um my partner works for them um and it's an organization it's really close to his heart uh and he's um he volunteers with them he's uh he's been around for about 12 years or more with that organization and he came home one night and said like the organization needs a complete makeover. We know it needs new branding. Can you help? I said, yeah, of course, of course. I'll, I'll work on it in a couple of months time. And he said, uh, no, we need it now and we need it in two weeks. <laughs> so I just had to just go on with it. There's something about working under pressure that maybe um, got the right design.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, I guess that works because it looks really cool. It was, uh, it. Uh, I, w- I was looking on your side, I think it was, and it was talking about the criteria they wanted. So it, it needed to, you know, or I think it was the, uh, yeah, it was the design constraints um, that you know use three circular icons, and I've I've dabbled in creating logos at times before, and I think to use three circular icons uh, and to pull that off is actually quite talented too, and it looks really cool. It's a really neat. It flows together, and uh, I thought it looked really neat too. So well done on that.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. It was a great, <laughs> good project. It was fun.
0: <laughs> so, tell me about. And I ha- I'm, I'm not even going to really try to pronounce it. It's your art that deals with found objects, and it's. <laughs> I think it's it's objet. Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, the, the French terminology used by artists for a found object is objet trouvé, um, but okay. rather than spell it French, I, I, I just spell it as if it was Scottish.
0: Okay, so I got objet-truvy. it. That makes sense. <laughs> and is that something that is that something that? Uh, like, tell me about it. So you just you find objects and just recognize the the artistic value in those is that right how that
1: yeah oh right i think so i think you um a lot of artists are, will be obsessed with a found object and and seeing the beauty in something that's discarded um yeah i'm always picking things up off the street old washers corks Nice shape, bits of glass. I'm an obsessive beachcomber. Um, yeah, I i, I like to take stuff and show off. It's it's natural beauty or or transform into something else. So yeah, I, I do tend to make a lot of junky necklaces and things out stuff that I find. So, and my partner's the same, but he, he does it on a much bigger scale than I do. So yeah, we have a, a junkyard for a garden. Find objects.
0: <laughs> That's neat, though. You have a, a an an unending uh, source of inspiration there. You, you can look in the garden and see what's laying around maybe. And I, and I did notice, I know that one of the first things I noticed, you're a photograph of you wearing what turned out to be, a, it looks like a cork necklace. And that was one of the, the thing that caught my eye first was the necklace. I was like, oh, that's, that's, it's different, but it's really cool. And then when I was looking at at the found objects part of your website, it was, I think it was a close up picture of like, they look like painted champagne corks
1: yeah that's true. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was i was like i was like that's such a cool idea and it looked and it was just uh it's eye-catching
1: oh thank but. you i, I made them for all my girlfriends for christmas i, I think they they weren't too impressed <laughs> I, I like them <laughs>
0: <laughs> well they'll, they'll uh they'll learn to appreciate them i'm sure
1: yeah there's a lot of, a lot of work goes into drinking five bottles of champagne you know.
0: So. Yeah, true. That's true. I, it's something like a, a trophy to wear that around. I suppose that you you can say I actually drank all five bottles of these champagne. It was it was earned. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit too and talk about the Scottish culture a, a little bit, and just because I was when I was thinking this morning, I wondered. So, for descendants of Scotland in the United States, we associate a lot, or we try to you know, kind of find our roots through the, the Scottish clans. And so, y- you know, someone is Scottish in the United States because it seems like they'll tell you and somehow like they have their clan badge hanging up or tattooed on them or something like that, you know? And so, um, and I wondered if that was an American thing, you know, or a strong tie with, with their Scottish clan, is that just an American thing or is that, I mean, I know obviously the clans are, are, important in scotland but is that something you as a carmichael in scotland is that something that 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 scottish citizens have you know have those strong ties to how does that play into the normal life in scotland
1: yeah do do you know what i think it does i think there's a a healthy interest in in heritage here generally we're as, as interested in family history as anyone else um Maybe it, it feels a little bit stronger over in the States because you're so much geographically further away. Um, so it, maybe it's important to, to mm-hmm. show that more outwardly. But yeah, I, th- I think lots of people here do have an affiliation with their clan and, and know a little bit about what that means and, and kind of what their heritage is. Um, like my partner's from a, a Cameron clan and, and he's kind of very much interested in finding out that ancient history as, as well as that um, kind of more um, contemporary social history stuff um for me yeah. I, I was always told about um, my campbell heritage and uh, campbells have a very dark reputation here and you're not really supposed to tell anyone that you're a campbell so <laughs> there's, there's a lot of that um deep-seated antagonism like don't admit you're a campbell or don't tell a mcdonald or if you're a cameron you can pray so that- yeah i think that that does infiltrate to some extent um there's a possibly an urban myth here that glenn campbell visited scotland and and was refused to to stay the night in a a B and b because he was a campbell well that's insane isn't it (laughs) really yeah
0: it it might be true (laughs) well that's you know that's something i didn't know that that there were like the campbell that that was something that, that you wouldn't want to admit um I know in in the United States or at least in, to my knowledge, you know, we, we see Campbell as one of the, one of the big clans in Scotland, you know, that are, I think they still have, is it maybe Ivanary castle? Like, I think that's the Campbell, um, clan castle and it's this, you know, this massive structure that's still open and, and they, and the chief still lives there. And so, uh, from my, from my vantage point, it looks like the Campbells are real successful, but maybe they're just, uh, Maybe they're just tucked away, keeping to themselves. If it's something that in Scotland, you don't you don't want to openly admit <laughs> that's and that's interesting, too, you know, because and I think you're right that, you know, in America, maybe there's a closer or, or we, you know, try to be involved in in that clan association because, you know, we're across the Atlantic and there's not a lot we can do other than join our you know, clan organization, either here or in Scotland. So I think I think you're right about that, where it seems like there's, you know, maybe it's a maybe we maybe that's our only way of showing our, our pride and family heritage or whatnot. So but that is interesting though. Um tell me about how uh listeners can learn more about you and how they can order one of your books. And and do you have I know you have a facebook page right and an instagram page so if you don't mind just tell you know tell listeners how they can find your book learn more about you and then if they want to follow on one of the social media platforms sure i've
1: got a website it's uh katie um on instagram twitter facebook and linkedin as well uh, you'll be able to find all those links through the site um each one called katie kermichael design so um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to make connections with other Clan Carmichael USA members. That would be lovely, yeah, to reach out and and to, to connect with one another.
0: That sounds good. That sounds good. I uh, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to tell us about your book and to uh, talk about your other work too, and let it, you know letting our listeners know where they can find out more. So, if any Carmichael Clan members are in New York, I hope they'll go. Check out the headstone of your great grandfather Thomas, yes. and hopefully they'll take a picture and and post it on uh, the uh, you know the Clan Carmichael Facebook page, or or send it out. So, but again, I appreciate I you it. taking a few minutes to talk to us.
1: Thank you, Scott.
0: Thanks again to Katie Carmichael for taking the time to talk with me today about her work. As a Carmichael myself, I'm proud to know that there are so many Carmichaels across the world doing really great things. If you want to learn more about Katie's work, or lend your support to her really great work, you can visit her website at www.katiecarmichaeldesign.com. She does ship to the U.S., so order your copy of My Great-Grandfather, the Alien, today. Katie can also be found on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at KD Carmichael Design. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get the latest episodes delivered to you. You can subscribe on iTunes and Spotify, and the show can also be found at the Clan Carmichael USA website. If you like what we're doing, or even if you don't, leave us a review. Your five-star reviews help to promote the show and make it easier for others to find us. Until next time, to your prey.